but I've never done anything with such purpose and with such longevity and also the whole fundraising thing like this. So it's really developed and I've just been making it up as I'm going along in many ways. Hello, and welcome to Every Moment is a Choice. I'm your host, Erica Behel, and I invite you to join me on a transformative journey to uncover the extraordinary potential that lies within every single moment of our lives. From the choices we make in our relationships, careers, and personal growth, to the mindset we embrace in the face of adversity, this podcast will empower you to embrace the notion that every moment holds a choice, and it's up to us to seize it. Join me as we engage in insightful conversations with thought leaders, experts, and everyday people who have harnessed the power of choice to achieve greatness, overcome obstacles, and create extraordinary lives. If you feel inspired by this episode, please read it and consider subscribing. I'm keen to know how it's impacted you. Okay, so we are walking around McRitchie Reservoir in Singapore. It's a beautiful morning. Sun hasn't even really risen yet. No, not yet. No. It's just after 6 a.m. Looking out at a nice lake here at the reservoir. And I'm with Tom Platts. Hello. How are you doing? Doing well. <laughs> so, Tom, what are we doing out here? <laughs> well, that's a good question. This year, I've undertaken to do a challenge for myself and to raise money and awareness for dementia in Singapore and mm -hmm. dementia globally by walking or running around um, Ritchie Reservoir here in Singapore as many times as possible. And it's sort of all grown very organically. Mm -hmm. Nothing was planned. Uh, and I can tell you the story if you're interested to hear more about how it sort of all kicked off. Mm. But the total number of laps that I'm now looking to do this year is 365. So I'll do one a day, which equates to about 4,400 kilometers here in, in McRitchie. Well, there are, there are some tweaks around the edges around it because I travel a little bit. And as yeah. you know, I'm, I'm flying off today to Europe. Yeah. But I can tell you more about that. But that's the plan. And so it's really just to, to raise awareness and to raise funds, if appropriate, for the charity and all the good work that Dementia Singapore does here in, as it does here for the for people living with dementia. That's fantastic. So we're we're walking around the reservoir right now. We yeah. hear it's very quiet. There's a few other walkers out here. Yeah. And you know, you said you're doing such a long distance, and this <laughs> loop itself is around 11 kilometers. It's a bit more than that. Take. Yeah, it's a bit more than that. It depends on which way you go and how much time people have in the morning. Because I should say the other thing I do is I'm I'm taking people out with me whilst I'm going. And yeah. it's all in the spirit of also connecting, reconnecting, and meeting new people here in Singapore. And again, I can tell you a bit about the sort of numbers because I'm a bit of a stato. And I've started, um, <laughs> <laughs> and started really recording an awful lot of, of numbers and data. Um, but it's actually, if you go the slightly shorter way, mm -hmm. um, which I suspect we may well do today, it's 11.7 kilometers. And if you go the slightly longer way, Again, depending on the GPS and the satellites, it's about 12.5 kilometers, which is how it adds up to wow. about 4,500 kilometers in total. Yeah. So 4,500 kilometers. You know, Tom, I actually looked it up, and it, if we walked from here to India, ah. yeah. that's how much it would be. That's not bad. Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. And as I say, I hadn't really planned, but it, that's how it's all developed. I've got yeah. through seven pairs of trainers throughout the year so far. <laughs> so... Um, uh, okay. Nike's been doing very well for me, but I'm not sure we're allowed to necessarily brand people, but they've done very well for me. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's rewind. Let's yeah. rewind here, because we're walking, but let's, let's think about this. Okay, I, so... I can probably turn the torch off now as well, can't I? <laughs> yeah, the, the sun is just barely starting to come up yeah. here, so... Okay, so Tom, you said you started this, and now you're going to do 365 laps. Mm. What was the thing that made you start? So, uh, I've lived in Singapore for 13 years, and... For 11 of those years, I was with my family, mm -hmm. and now they've returned to the UK, and I miss them dearly. And it's quite hard because I fly back and forth, and there are various reasons why that's happened and they've gone back to the UK, but it's, uh, it's been quite tough. And, you know, it's tough for the family as well. But there are people out here like me who, unfortunately, are having to do this because of a variety of different reasons. But actually, one of the things that I do do when I'm taking people around is to tell them all a bit about my story and my 
why I'm doing this and some of the things that have come up as a result of it. And you find that being more open with people about the reasons and that sort of, that sort of thing for doing it, you end up um, gaining more interest from people generally and people themselves open up quite a lot too. Hello, hi Mr. Chong. Hi. There you go. Bye bye. I said to you, there's a, yes, doing one today, yep. Yep. <laughs> So, I said to so, you, I so said we, to, we meet people along the way. That's right. right. So there's a bit of a community here in, in McRitchie. And um, Mr. Chong and I have now known each other for, since loop probably number three. But I didn't know that he was called Mr. Chong until loop 100, 220. <laughs> so about 55 loops ago, we became firm friends. And now we can't say very much other than hello, Mr. Chong. So it's got, it's got legs, this relationship. It's a bit of a slow burn, but I suspect <laughs> we're going to be friends for life. But uh, him and his four colleagues come around every morning. We see each other at about the same place yep. every, every time. Anyway, so look, they've been back in the UK and, and as you know, I'm flying back there today. I'm really excited to go to see them. Um, and we've got dementia in the extended family. So, okay. and historically we have had dementia in the family too. And um, this is a message to them. We're just going up some steps now. So yep. if we lose our breath a little bit, <laughs> although the fitness has got a lot better, it might be a bit breathy. But this is really a message to them to, mm -hmm. you know, to try to help in any which way I can to raise awareness for people living with dementia uh, and also to raise funds as well. And I've, I've now got to know the board and the charity at Dementia Singapore very well and all the fine stuff that they do here for people living with dementia and become firm friends with them. Yeah. And so, you know, as a result of traveling an awful lot last year with, with all this, I put my head in the sand a bit mm -hmm. in 2022. I also broke my shoulder skateboarding. That's not what somebody does at 43 years old, but I did. And so it meant that everything was a little bit dismal and a little bit difficult. So I thought that in 2023, I'd do something which was a bit more meaningful and which tried to bring into the world, into my world, a number of things to try to, to give it a bit of zhuzh and to yep. really pep pep it up a bit. And that's what this has all developed from. It was not planned. A client of mine said to me on January the 7th, a client called Mike, let's go and do something together. Let's, I need to have a chat with you about a few things. So I said, okay, let's do it. And he suggested a beer. Yeah. I said to him, that's a good idea. And then I thought, come on, that's not the right thing to do with this new January uh, resolution to be a bit more uh, into community life here in Singapore and meeting more people. And so I thought, no, come on, bring him back and say, let's go and do some exercise instead. And I used to do McRitchie with a couple of other people quite regularly last year. And it was a really nice way to, you know, do 20,000 steps or something before work. You'd invariably be in the office before everybody else. Yeah. And um, you'd have had two and a bit hours of chat and chewing the card over, whatever it might be. So it was always a nice thing to do. So he, he said, that's a good idea. I then um, rang him back a bit later and said tell you what, you said you were going to take me out for beer, or we were going to go out for beer. You asked me, so I'll take that as you were going to be buying the beer. And now that we're not buying the beer, why don't we give the money that you think you would have spent, so the equivalence of the value that you would have spent on beer, give it to me, and I'll give it to my firm's charity of the year in Singapore. Yeah. And the firm here in Singapore has a variety of its own charities, and globally we have charities as well. So he said, well, that's an unusual request, but yeah, let's do that, okay. So we did the, the loop. We had a really nice chat. We saw a snake or two. Yep. And uh, in fact, we saw a blue Malayan coral snake. And I'll tell you a bit more about the animals I see here later. And um, put the world to right. And it was really nice. And I yeah. could feel something germinating in my head that this was something that was fun. It had direction. Yep. And it really had a potential opportunity and it was obviously healthy and in the spirit of mental well-being and healthiness let's say both mind and body it was something that I thought would be a nice thing to perhaps do again so I did it a few more times than I with other people and I was probably sitting on about four or five hundred dollars by the middle of January mm -hmm. and I'd done maybe I don't know four or five loops so it was a pretty early slow start and nothing planned as I say I then spoke to our lady in the, in the office who looks after the charities for Singapore and said, who, are, who is our charity, actually? Mm -hmm. Because I'm now sitting on a bit of money, which come the end of January, I'll probably end up uh, spending on beer because I haven't been able to do it in January because it's a dry, dry month. 
that sounds like I'm an alcoholic. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, I suspect, would have happened. So she said, actually, we're coming to the end of a term with a charity. We do two-year cycles. And so I thought, well, look, it feels like a really good idea to do something to raise awareness for the dementia, given our family circumstances. And I won't go into, into names and stuff, but they know who they are. Yeah. So that was really how it all, um, it all kicked off. And uh, so I spoke to the uh, charity here, Dementia Singapore, and um, they have to give you permission to set up a, a, a fundraising link page, the Just Giving page. Mm -hmm. And I think they were equally as flummoxed as to what I was going to be doing. Some crazy expat going to do something in McRitchie, but wasn't entirely sure what it was going to be. And to be fair, I wasn't entirely sure either what it was going to be. So it was all a bit sort of uh, suck it and see, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it all developed. I then put it onto LinkedIn and onto Facebook. I'm a bit too old for Instagram, or at least I don't really understand it. I probably should do. And I said to people, look, I'm going to do 75 laps of McRitchie this year. People can come if they want to. They don't have to. People can sponsor me if they'd like to. And the money's going to go to Dementia Singapore. Mm -hmm. But it's not compulsory. It's all very, very low key. But it's just an opportunity for me to meet with people again, to connect with people again, and just to catch up, really. That was the initial plan. Yeah. And if I did uh, 75 laps of, or loops of McRitchie, that would be about 1,000 kilometers, and that would be brilliant. And, then the, and the plan was then to sort of raise $5,000 for, for Dementia Singapore. So I put it onto LinkedIn and, and Facebook. Yeah. And within, I sort of didn't think very much more, but I started getting a bit of traction, and WhatsApp's here, and LinkedIn messages there and whatever, such that by the third day after posting it, I'd got the next six weeks booked out twice a day. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was obviously going a bit viral. And I've never had anything like that or experienced anything like that before. And I was a bit humbled. I was a bit worried logistically, a bit, oh my gosh, how am I going to do you know, two laps of McRitchie Reservoir every day for the next six weeks? Can you see the lizard coming up here? Yeah. That's lizard number 301. Ooh, and a, uh, what's that bird there? And that's a heron. Oh, that's nice, isn't There's it? There's a heron. That's a heron. So there are two herons that live around the corner here. Oh, there lovely. she goes. There she goes. Just flying over the lake. And then that there, as I say, that's lizard number 301. <laughs> Don't let me forget to tell you about the animals, okay? Because I'm sure we'll you'll We'll talk last. about the animals in a bit. Of course. So anyway, look, it, it sort of uh, it really picked up and we had... Um, all of these days booked out. And so what I tried to do actually at that stage was I'd have to be here at five o'clock in the morning. So we did the first loop almost entirely in the dark with a torch. And then the second loop we'd started about seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just sort of took off. And so I started putting together groups of people that I thought might be interested. So as I say, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. So I did international deal day. So I had a lawyer, an underwriter, a broker, the corporate finance guy, a bank, a target, a shareholder, investor, all that sort of stuff. I had Offshore Lawyers Day. I had Cybersecurity Day. I did Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Day, where I tried to be as diverse as I possibly could be for a middle-aged white senior legal professional. Mm -hmm. um, so not as diverse as I could be, but trying my best. And so we did all these different events and days, and it really took off. And that's just a a slice of them. And actually, more recently, I've been asked by quite a few uh, companies, so, so seven actually so far, to do their corporate social responsibility mornings. Mm. So I'll, I'll be here at sort of 6.30 in the morning, and I'll take out a bunch of folk from various different businesses. So I've done some of the banks, I've done some of the private equity houses, a couple of PR companies, etc. Mm -hmm. And they'll do a loop with me. I'll talk to them about this, what it's about, the sort of mental, mental wellness, well-being type thing, and the animals that we see. Mm -hmm. And um, then they'll go off and do whatever they do, and I'll go to the office. But it's been quite a nice thing. So I've, that's obviously boosted the numbers of people I've met, even yeah. though some of them have been sort of press-ganged into it by their bosses. But um, I think most of them have really enjoyed it, and it's been a, a very enjoyable experience. So that's what's really happened, and that's how it's all developed into, into what, it, what it is. Mm -hmm. What do people think of it? Well, I think they take it for what it is, and it's a very innocent project and it's not something that as i say as you can hit here has been deliberately logistically developed over time sort of organized it's come about as it goes and you and i've spoken for some time anyway mm -hmm. you know that i set up all sorts of ridiculous rules regulations and everything that's sort of trying to be fun about <laughs> how this goes yeah. the only thing i would say is that it has been a logistical nightmare 
I've got three spreadsheets going at any one time, and it has gone really quite busy recently up here. And so I've just been trying to figure out who goes where, who goes what. Obviously, with flying, etc., it becomes quite challenging as well. But it's good, and so I'm now fully booked out until December the 17th, which is quite crazy. And um, I've got groups groups through till then, and, and that's great. So tell us. We're wearing, we're, you mentioned these hats we're wearing. Yeah. These are like trucker hats that yeah. say McRitchie Challenge. Yeah. What, you mentioned the rules to yeah. who gets these hats. What, yeah. what are the rules? Okay, so again, as I said, I sort of make these things up as I'm going along. But one of the things I thought I'd do, because I didn't have any merch previously, before I went back to the UK, and I had to go back to the UK for an extended period of time in April for family reasons. And so I thought, well... I try to do something to maybe raise awareness of what I'm doing in the UK and in the States, obviously, as well. Yeah. And look at the sunrise. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. Every day it's different here. That's what's so beautiful about it. Every day you see a different type of sky. The water's slightly more choppy or, or flatter. It's like, a, it's, like, it's like glass, isn't it? So. Yeah, so we're stopped here looking over the reservoir. I and, see something. And, and that's another lizard. Another lizard. Yeah. So that's 302. So these are monitor lizards. These are not lizards like we have in the U.S. These are almost Komodo dragon. Yeah, like think, think Komodo dragon in your mind. <laughs> exactly. So look, I, what I thought was I'd get some merchandise and I'd make some hats. And they are deliberately trucker hats, very bright and pretty cheap looking. <laughs> but I've probably had 250 made now. Mm -hmm. And people have started to ask about them. So I set up what I thought would be quite clever would be some rules so it tries to attract more people to come. Mm -hmm. And there's the other heron there. Oh, yeah. Its head sticking up. That's a nice heron. So there are, as a lawyer, laws and rules, as you know, are what I love, right? Apparently. Mm -hmm. So there are six laws and one rule. And the, uh, the laws and the rules have direct and indirect effects, a little bit like EU competition law, mm -hmm. which I learned about when I was a trainee solicitor. But the laws are as follows. Law number one, it's my party. I can have any hat I want at any time. Law number two, the three people that I, I mentioned that I used to do Ritchie with regularly last year, yep. and including the, the chap that I first did with this, are called Mike, Will, and Faye. And Will particularly thinks I commercialized what we did last year a lot, but I think in, in a very good spirits, it's fun. And uh, he's really bought into it, and I really appreciate his friendship and support, as do I with Mike and particularly Faye as well. But so I, I consider them to be the founders of this. Mm -hmm. Now, they aren't, and they would heavily dispute the fact that they are founders, but I do it because it hedges my liability in case this goes wrong and I look like an idiot. So I can at least try and put some of the blame their way by saying they were the founders. They aren't, and they have nothing to do with it. However, I like to think it's a sort of a little joke around that. And so law two, they have, have a hat whenever they want as well. Law three, anybody who lives in Singapore and does it three times with me will receive their cap. And that's the gold standard. So people should be looking, in my eyes, yeah. to earn their cap under law three. So you earned your, your hat for a different reason. We'll mm -hmm. come to. But you've now done this. This will be your second time. Yeah. So you need to come back before January the 13th which is when this all ends, this whole show, and you will earn your cap properly under Law 3 on that occasion. And I'll tell you a bit more about that why soon. So Law 4, anybody who flies into Singapore and does it from another country. So earlier in the week, I had somebody who came in from Jordan. So we're just bending over and about to go through a lot of water here. So are you OK? Yeah. So, so Law 4, I had somebody in from Jordan earlier this week, so I had not had anyone from, from Jordan previously. Oh, wow. But I've now had people coming in from 31 different countries and, wow. and doing it, which is really cool. So America, Australia, Russia, Ukraine, um, Botswana, South Africa, uh, Canada, England, obviously, Austria, New Zealand, Dubai, Jordan. It's been really cool. And I've had pictures of people after they've been wearing their hats in their offices or yeah. wherever it might be in those different countries that people have sent them to me. And I had a really lovely message not so long ago from a, a very good friend of mine in New York uh, who wasn't able to do the McRitchie Big Apple edition with me when I was there in, at the end of March. And he said, oh, mate, hi, I've just run around Central Park. I did 13.1 miles. I did a half marathon. Does that qualify me for a McRitchie? 
And I said, you don't really understand the rules, but that's absolutely fine. So I'll send you a cap anyway uh, as a well done. So he sent me a photograph, so I put it in the post to him in New York. And uh, he sent me a picture from his office wearing his uh, McRitchie Challenge hat, which is really lovely to see. It's really quite heartwarming, if you can mm. see. So law five, anybody under the age of 18. So I've taken five uh, families with their, or mums and dads with their uh, daughters or sons. And obviously my daughters have done it too as well. And Connie, my older daughter, actually did lap 200 with me, which was a really special moment, and I loved that. Mm -hmm. So they've got their hats too. So I've had eight kids under the, age of, under the age of 18. So then we get to the best one of the lot, which is rule six. Now, why it's a rule, why not? It, there's no particular reason. But this is how you won your cap the first time. Okay. You were given a cap through rule six. And I call that the randoms rule. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean to say that you're random, which has sort of <laughs> connotations about it. But it just means I've never met you before. And I think you contacted me through... How did we get together first time round? It was through one of my friends who had, who had gone around with you. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And so we'd not met, but you said, hey, I've seen what you're doing. Yeah. And so I said, oh, great, let's do it. So I've had come out so far now. Of the 497 people who have come out with me so far, 283 of them are people I've never met before. And that's what this whole thing's yeah. about. So it's, a, it's a really cool fact, and I'm really proud of that, actually, more than anything else. And pride isn't a word that I like to use that much, but obviously it's just something that's really sort of humbling. And, and because of the fact that this has sort of developed so much over time, it's just a really nice thing to be able to say. I also mentioned earlier, obviously, that we do... I've done quite a few of these corporate days. So um, in that number, as I mentioned, there's quite a few people who I, I probably won't ever meet again you know, who came out because they were being sort of press-ganged into it by their bosses. But I think that they all came away with a happy face and having had an enjoyable experience. And a, a lot of people, particularly Singaporean people, they've not actually ever done a whole loop of McRitchie. And, and many haven't been here for 10, 20 years. So yeah. for them to come back, they've really enjoyed it. And I've actually seen an uptick in people here just because I think they've heard about this or they're doing it and they're doing it because they've done it. Quite a few people now, actually. It's, it's quite interesting to see. But of that number, the 280, whatever it is, there's 175 people who've actually written to me directly, like you, mm -hmm. who are much closer random connections, if you know what I mean, because they've actually expressed an interest to meet or to hear more about the challenge or because they've got dementia in their family or just because they're interested generally in coming to McRitchie and do some exercise. Yeah. And that, to me, is what's the best bit of the whole thing. So I've effectively made... 175 new friends. Yeah. Some will be great friends, some yeah. less so, but they, we, that's how it's all come about. And they've texted me, linked into me, emailed me, phoned me, whatever it might be. And um, that really, to me, is the sort of crux of this whole thing from a personal perspective. And obviously the, the, the charity element and the, the fundraising and awareness is the key bit behind it. But personally, that's what this is about. Yeah. And of course, a lot of people say to me, well, well it's a, a great business development tool as well. And of course, there are side effects which have been helpful and good and, and, and I could tell you more about that but I, I won't because it's not actually about the firm at mm -hmm. all. It's really about me and I don't mean that in a selfish way, mm. it's my thing and yes. I'm very happy to share it. I'm also really happy for people to maybe do it elsewhere because right. it has taken off and I know that there's some people have expressed an interest in maybe taking this forward next year when I sort of retire it so yeah. to speak and I'd be delighted if they did because it is a logistical effort. It gives you a great regime. I know what I'm doing at 5.30 every morning and preparing for it the night before, etc. But, um, but it has been a wonderful thing. The last thing about the hats, there's law seven. So law seven is the catch-all veto right. I can give a hat to anybody I want at any time. Sure. So reality is I, I give them to pretty much everybody. You have to be pretty unlucky if you don't get one, and that's usually because I've run out of them at home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've got another batch in now. So for anybody who wants to come, so do, do come because I can give you a hat now. But so Law 7 does that. The only new addition to the laws which came up last week hmm. is that I consider anybody who has got their hat through Law 7 to have an asterisk by their name. So if you'd won your hat through Law 7, as opposed to random Rule 6, I would always think of you as, what number are you? About 250, let's say, something like that. Yeah. I'd always have thought of you as Erica, 250, asterisk and in me in my eyes right yeah you don't care but I'm just saying it so what the asterisk <laughs> is meant to do is it's meant to 
uh, sort of um, tempt you to come back so that you do it three times. You actually win your hat properly under law three so that I can finally remove the asterisk from your name. So it's really just a joke to say, come back and have another go. And that's gone down quite well, actually. When you said you were raising money, what are you up to now? So the, the target, I think you asked me. So the, yeah. originally the target that I was looking to, to raise was about $5,000. That's been a bit of a movable feast. Mm -hmm. I then went to, I think, 15000 And last week, in fact, yesterday, I went over $55,000. Wow. So I'm really proud of it. And I've had some very generous donors. Um, the charity has obviously got really behind it. And they've, they've been very good <coughs> about uh, publicizing it and also coming and taking part. And as I said to you, I took 47 people. That's my largest group so far now. Yeah. 47 people around um, Ritchie 10 days ago. And um, there were 15 people living with dementia in that group and they had their primary carers with them right and um there are people from the board i took my trainee from mm -hmm. uh, from the office mm -hmm. who helped me with producing a a little quiz and questionnaire that, that the people could do whilst they were going so they had a little bit of focus in the walk mm -hmm. which was nice and so they had a i gave them a little bit of a quiz on the animals that i'd seen and then they were spotting things as they were going they did a short 5k loop rather than the whole thing and i took the tallest man i know in singapore as well out for that one so um <laughs> so that he could act as a bit of a beacon for them to follow. That was really nice. But so 55,000 is the number I've got to. And, and sort of, I'm going towards 75. If I get to 100, that would be amazing. And that's certainly behind the scenes, that's my, my target. And as I say, the, the behind the scenes target for number of loops is 365. And that's, that would all go to Dementia Singapore. That's right, yeah. Which is a pretty small organization. Oh, well, I imagine, or yes, it's government funded here. Yeah. Most of the charities are, but it's professionally run. But it's, it, it supports dementia patients and dementia care here in Singapore. And I've made some incredibly tight friendships out of that. So yeah. Cindy, Jason, Paul, Heng, Bernard, Roger, who am I missing? They all know who they are. Yeah. And it's been really quite quite wonderful actually. Sherwin, sorry. Mm but they really are an impressive bunch. And I just think the world of them actually. And so, yes, I've, got, I've had the opportunity to do things with them, go to various events for them, speak at various things with them. Yeah. And um, it's been very nice. So in Singapore, there are about 125,000 people living with dementia. A lot of your listeners will, will know or have experience of dementia in yeah. their families or, or however it may be. But you call people who have dementia, you say that they are living with dementia. You don't sort of say it's a disease, mm -hmm. they don't suffer from dementia because of the stigma that's attached to that. Right. So they're people who are living with dementia and they obviously have their carers. And I've learned all of this through my talking to the people at DSG, at Dementia Singapore, and just reading up about it and learning more. But of course, with every one person living with dementia, there's family and there are carers. That's right. So let's say, on average, that might be four people relatively closely knit. That here in Singapore is nearly 500,000 people who've got it somehow connected to them, and I suspect that number's bigger. But of a population of about six and a half million, or whatever we are here, that's a huge number. Yeah. Oh, there's two monkeys. Do you see them? Yeah. Okay. Two small monkeys two small. walking up ahead. Actually, mon the monkeys are a little bit of a... I'm not too happy to see the monkeys. I know. Well, last week, we had a. I had a... A Danish chap in who's come and done it three times with me. A monkey saw him opening up a breakfast bar as he was going along and it jumped down the tree, jumped up his arm and took it out of his hand. Oh no. So you've got to be a bit careful for sure. You don't like it when they hiss at you. Yeah. So globally there are 55 million people who are registered as living with dementia or a form of Alzheimer's. So again, if you multiply that by say four, you're a quarter of a billion people who's affected by it. Yeah. So it's a huge issue, as you can tell. So I've had the opportunity to go to the New Horizons centres here in Singapore mm -hmm. and meet with the, the direct carers and the nurses at the, at the, um, the centres, which has been really wonderful and very humbling. Mm -hmm. And the work they do is, you know, is fantastic. And, and, and I don't want to sound glib about it, but they really do do an amazing job yeah. in cha challenging circumstances. Yeah. And they have different, different sort of um, levels of people who are living with dementia from very early onset dementia and early stage to, to quite late stage yeah. uh, living there. So have you ever done anything like this before, Tom? No. I used to run marathons quite a lot as a kid. Okay. So I've always been very into the outdoors. I've come from the countryside effectively in the UK. I've lived up in the Lake District for a long period of time as well, on and off with my parents up there. 
And so I've always loved the countryside. So I ran a few marathons and things, and I, I once did it for shelter back in 2005. Gosh, that was a long time ago. But I've never done anything with such purpose and with such longevity and also the whole fundraising thing like this. So it's really yeah. developed, and I've just been making it up as I'm going along in many ways. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that, but it's, maybe that's how these things start. Yeah. You know, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. We talked a little bit about the animals. We've yes. seen some monkeys. We saw a lizard, a yeah. heron. Okay. You had mentioned even a blue Malayan coral snake that you yep. once saw. Okay. So what, what's, what's going on with the animals? What's going on with the animals? So 20% of the time when I'm here, I do it. A couple of runners coming past us now. Morning. Morning. Well, maybe 15% of the time I do it on my own. So I don't, I don't stop just because I don't have people to go with me. Yeah. But 85% of the time, obviously, I do it with people. And I love doing it with people. That's what the whole thing's about. But actually, I, I do sometimes quite like doing it on my own as well, so I can have time to think or listen to a podcast or just listen to the sounds of the jungle. It's lovely too. And obviously, just seeing the sunrise, it's so spiritual. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. But as a result of coming out here so much, and particularly when you're on your own, you see an awful lot of animals. So I was actually recording the information I was seeing in one of my various spreadsheets of the sort of animals that I was, I was seeing. And um, I thought, well, it would be a good idea to maybe be a bit more formal. So I wrote to N Parks here in Singapore, which is equivalent of National Parks or National Trust or whatever it may be in your various countries that your listeners are in, and said, hey, look, I'm here basically every day at the same time. I'm taking note of the fauna and the wildlife that I see would you like to have it as effectively as, as an audit of the park over the year? Yeah. And they said, yes, it'd be great. So I send them a, a list every month. I suspect it goes straight into their trash can now. But, you know, <laughs> I've given them so much of it. But for me, it also gives me a bit of direction, and I quite like it. So I, I deal with it at the end of every week. So I've set up in my head, and everybody now knows about it, what I call the McRitchie Big Five. And the McRitchie Big Five is meant to emulate, obviously, the Safari Big Five that you'll, you'll all be aware of. Mm -hmm. But the McRitchie Big Five constitutes the Colugo, which is effectively a flying fox, and yeah. it glides between the, the trees, sort of bat-like. And as I said at the beginning of this earlier today, before we started recording, there are two that live right at the very start of the, of the uh, loop that we're on today, and they've just had a little baby. Yep. So I've just shown you the picture of the baby, and maybe you can put it onto mm. the, the web page, but it's very, very pretty. You see them, tend to see them at dusk or dawn, and uh, they're very, they're sort of nocturnal. You don't see them that often. Lizards, I've said, the monitor lizards, which you described earlier. I've seen, I've seen 302 of those now. I suspect quite a few of them are the same ones, but there are lots of them in Singapore <laughs> generally, but uh, 302 of those. Monkeys, it's much rarer not to see monkeys, and there you go, we've just seen some monkeys. Yep. So actually, I've only ever not seen monkeys on three occasions. And one of my friends that I've just made, she's part of that, two, that uh, 283 number I gave you earlier, when he came out, on the first two occasions, we saw nothing, no animals at all, didn't even see monkeys. So he'd say, oh, mate, this is rubbish. There aren't any animals here. I don't believe it. Mm. So actually on his third lap, we saw monkeys and he was awarded his cap. So it was high fives all around at the end of it because he was able right. to see his monkeys. When we get to the more interesting things, wild boar, is the fourth of the McRitchie Big Five. And I've seen 55 wild boar. Wow. Ranging from very, very baby ones to little baby ones to very big adult male wild boar. And I've actually been in a group of 10 where they just walked straight out. So there were three mamas and seven babies. Wow. And uh, that was quite scary, actually. Yeah. So there were two of us uh, walking around and we saw, we saw the, um, the wild boar and they came out, danged around us. So that wasn't ideal. Yeah. And just sort of stopped and waited for them to move on, but 10 of them at the same time. I've seen all sorts of other stuff as well as the McRitchie Big Five. I've seen something which is equivalent to a sort of Galapagos tortoise, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. huge, very, mm -hmm. very big. And it clearly shouldn't have been here, but has been released into the wild by somebody, yeah. I suspect. Uh, I've seen a scorpion. I've seen a critically endangered buffy fish owl. I've seen uh, stingrays. I've seen very large soft-shell snapping turtles. I told you about the three sea eagles that were out yesterday that were playing around. It was lovely. I've seen all sorts. It's been wonderful. Oh, sorry. Then you've got the snake. Sorry, that's the, the best one. Yeah. And so snakes are what people really are interested in. I've seen all sorts of snakes. Uh, some I've no idea what they are, but it's rare that we don't see snakes, to be honest with you now. There are a lot. And I know a lot of people will think, oh, that's grim. But I'm sort of, I'm never quite sure if I'm 99% scared 
1% excited yeah. or the other way around. <laughs> of the ones that you'd be interested in, I've seen two Waggler Pit Vipers, which are fluorescent yellow or green, like your hat. Yep, wow. They've got a triangular head and they are pretty venomous. You wouldn't want to get nipped by one of those. I've seen three python in the trees. In the trees? In the trees, so ra wow. wrapped up around the trees. Morning. Morning. Hiya. So, so that chap runs it every morning. So, oh, nice. Yeah. I've seen three king cobras, so two king cobras in the trees, wrapped up, and one about 10, 12 meters ahead of me crossing the path. Mm. And it sensed me, obviously, before I saw it, and it started to raise its head. Mm -hmm. So I gave it a very wide berth in 15 minutes and let it slither on and yeah. went nowhere near it, as you can imagine. Yeah. I've also seen seven black spitting cobras, which are equally not very nice people to know um, and, and would have a, have a good crack at you if they could. And they're, you know, highly, highly venomous. But the, the best one is, as I mentioned earlier, the blue Malayan coral snake. Now, mm. if you look that up on Google, there are all, all sorts of things about them. About a metre and a half long. Yep. They're black with an electric blue stripe down the middle of it and an orange tip and an orange head. I've seen seven of these things. They're also called the 100 pace snake. So if you get bitten by one of those, you've got 100 paces before you die. Wow. There's no anti-venom for them. They're the second most toxic snake in Asia. They've got the largest venom glands of any snake in the world. And they're also known as the killer's killer because they hunt cobras Others. and kill cobras. Wow, other snakes, yeah. Yeah, but they kill the cobras. And <laughs> um, so they're the, the snakes I've seen. Above that, I've set up what I call the, what I call the, the king of the jungle. And mm -hmm. I mentioned that I had uh, diversity, equity and inclusion day. Do you remember I said mm -hmm. that we did mm -hmm. it? And I thought I'd done pretty well, actually, in terms of DE&I. Um, until I said, and then we get to the king of the jungle, at which point someone on that group said to me, do you mean the queen? And I said, oh, gosh, <laughs> of all the things that I thought I could be undiverse and equitable and inclusive about, I didn't think it was going to be about a pangolin. Mm. I tried so hard. Anyway, the pangolin is obviously very, very rare, and it's globally highly critically endangered. Uh, and I don't know if you saw last week that in... Nigeria, they had to burn, the authorities burnt 1.5 tonnes of pangolin scales because they were going to be used for traditional Chinese medicine and shipped oh. between Vietnam and China. So these are smuggled? They're smuggled, yeah. exactly. And so it's terribly sad. There are only 1,030 pangolin left in Singapore, according to a report like about two months ago. Mm. And I've seen two. So I saw one wow. about five metres into the jungle going away from me some time ago. And then about six weeks ago, I had some folk in from Finland. So one of the 31 countries that I had, and they were in town for a conference, and somebody said, could you take them out and do your McRitchie with them? And I said, absolutely. Well, as I was talking to them about the animals, very oddly, I had a little rustling to my left. I get to see and know where things are going to be, just because I've been here so many times, so you, yep. you can tell. And I said, it was a little rustling. I thought, oh, I wonder, that might be a mouse deer, which is one yeah. of these very small deers. And it wasn't, it was a pangolin. It just sauntered along, alongside us, and then decided to walk straight out in front of us, sniffed around, had a look, and just walked straight across us. If we weren't there, it was really quite remarkable. Wow. It was wonderful, actually. Totally majestic. And again, I'll send you the video of that yeah. if you're keen to see it, but it really is extraordinary. So that's the pangolin. And then above that, I've got the emperor or the empress uh, of the jungle, which is the samba deer. And the samba deer, there are 40 of them left in Singapore. Oh. Um, and so they're incredibly rare. And I've seen two of them here, up here. And I suspect because they're so rare, I've probably seen the same one twice, actually, again. And they're like little horses. They're big, you know. And uh, it just ran across me out from nowhere, and I had no idea. So that's the animals. That's what it's all about. And the whole thing comes to an end on January the 13th. Mm -hmm. I will continue to do this because it's been wonderful for so many reasons, as I hope you can tell and I've got so much out of it. But it has to come to an end at some stage, at least the formal bit of it has to come to an end. So yeah. January the 13th will be the last day, which is the nearest Saturday to the day I started on in uh, this year. Mm -hmm. And I'll do three laps that day. The first lap I'll do on my own to say goodbye to the challenge. And actually every time I say that, I get a little bit emotional about it and just think, gosh, yeah. it's been such a big thing of my life this year. So I'll probably go around that miserable as sin crying my eyes out and listening, listening to Morrissey. Yeah. Lap two um, is already organised. I'm going to take out the founders, so Mike, Faye and Will. And then lap three, it's a come one, come all. 
So that, Erica, if you don't do it beforehand, mm. is the perfect opportunity for you to take that asterisk off your name. Albeit you don't have an asterisk. I don't have an asterisk. Well, I, yeah, I'm mm, rule six, right? You are rule six, but um, now I consider you to be a friend, so I'm going to... Up, I'm get, now, I'm making a new rule. Okay. Rule eight, law eight. Anybody who's got it under law six but could have had it under law seven okay. now has to get the asterisk and therefore has to take it off. So there you go, you've got to come back. <laughs> so January the 13th and come one, come all. We'll probably start at about midday. I've just got to work it out, the details. But we'll all go round. I reckon there'll be about 100 people there, hopefully. And we'll all go round and then we'll end it by walking to the polo club, which is just down the road from here, and have a, a barbecue and party to raise a bit more funds for the charity. Lovely. So there you go. And so most times we do this lap, I'll tell people most of what I've just explained to you. Yeah. And um, as I said at the beginning, you know, the more open I am about things, the more open other people have become. Mm. There's a sort of omerta here. So what's said in McRitchie stays in McRitchie mm -hmm. completely. So I've obviously been privy to a huge amount of news, gossip, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it has been a, a wonderful experience and uh, all that stuff stays here, but it's been brilliant. Yeah. I mean, have you found people wanting to come out here for any specific reason beyond just being a part of the, of the charity mission? I mean, is it like a cathartic thing to coming out here and kind of talking about Things. I think so. I mean, I am no counsellor. I'm no therapist. I don't profess to do any of those sorts of things. But I, I'm a reasonably good listener. Yeah. And I've heard an awful lot of stuff from people. And for what it's worth, you know, given my views on stuff, I'm no saint. I've done things that I'm not necessarily proud of in my life. But at the same time, I try my best. And every day, I suppose, one tries their best to do things the right way. And so at least I can give a little bit of experience and help out if, if, if necessary. But people do come and they do talk about stuff. I've met some really lovely people and actually some people now that I will consider to be very close friends. Yeah. And people that actually, oddly, I'd sort of targeted previously as being somebody that I should know. Mm -hmm. Because one, they work in my industry, they're about the same age as me, uh, whatever it might be. And they've written to me, a couple of them have written, or well, more than a couple, have written to me and said, hey, I've seen what you're doing. We should know each other. And it's funny that we don't. Yeah. I've actually got dementia in my, in my family, my sister, my brother, whatever it might be. And um, I'd like to come and meet you and just talk. And I actually count a number of people now amongst some quite close friends as a result of that. So I do my best. As I say, I'm, I'm no counsellor or therapist, but certainly I think people do come and they are much keener to open up once they've heard me talk to them about what it's all about, really. Absolutely, right? Yeah, I think so. But it's, a, it's been a journey, right? Yeah. In so many ways, I've learned so much about the charity, dementia, people living with dementia and issues around that. I've learned so much about the jungle. I've learned so much about wildlife. Incidentally, people often ask me, how do I know about what all the animals are that I see? As I say, I'm slightly fascinated by snakes, but slightly terrified by them. Yeah. But there's also a Facebook page, which I regularly post on called Singapore Wildlife Sightings. And so if yeah. I don't know something, I'll shove it on that and someone will say, oh, that's a buffy They'll fish owl or whatever you, it might yeah. be, exactly. And so that's really quite helpful. And I've also learned an awful lot about me and mm. myself and areas where just because I have so much time to think about stuff and you know just areas of, of consistent you know trying to trying to work things out and get things right because it's not always easy you know we all live in stressful long working lives we all have our own personal things we have to deal with and it's been a really good way of just trying to sort of compartmentalize and deal with some of those things and it's not always easy yeah. yeah. You know, they say that walking is clears your brain and yeah. that you're able to think through things much more clearly. And I'm a huge fan of Friedrich Nietzsche. Of what, sorry? Friedrich Nietzsche. Oh, the yes, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he always said, you know, every good thought comes from walking. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's so true. You can really think through things when you're moving rather than being stationary. I think we're going back to one of the first reasons you started is kind of Thinking through things, being more healthy, yep. not drinking. Yep, yep, That's absolutely. And, I, and, you know, if I'd stopped drinking altogether, I'd have lost even more weight than I have done. But it, <laughs> there are health benefits of it. I've left, lost seven or eight kilograms this year, which is yeah, great. Of course. And, uh, and it, just gives you a, it just gives you this new sort of goal. But absolutely, walking is it's really great for, just as I used to find running used to be as a, as a younger sure. chap. I'd go out, you'd clear your brain. It's a well-known thing. You know, the endorphins start pumping and, and you 
you just clear your head and you, but you get also quite clarity of thinking. And here too, exactly the same, for sure, it's been brilliant for exactly that reason. And, and actually talking to people as well, just gives you other new insights into things that you wouldn't necessarily have heard. I've heard so many interesting people. I've heard so many things that you would have no idea about. You know, behind closed doors is one of those phrases that people talk a bit about, but actually you realise that your life isn't necessarily as bad as it might, sometimes might feel because other yeah. people are going through the same thing. And um, I'm not saying that my life is bad. I'm not saying I'm an alcoholic in any way. Yeah. You know, none of those things. But we all have our own issues that we need to deal with. And actually, it's quite nice to then be um, backed up by the fact that other people are also experiencing similar sorts of things that you wouldn't necessarily always think. They say you never know. Ah, you know, you, you never know what someone's going through just by looking at them on the surface, especially especially when you're working, you know, you're working in law, you're working yeah. downtown in Singapore, you've got a lot of people walking around yep. looking very put together. Exactly. Say, right? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's pretty, isn't it? I know. It's so nice <laughs> and calm. It's hard for most people to imagine, I think, who live here. You know, I mean, most of us, we're, we're living in high-rise condos uh -huh. or we're going to... Orchard Road or Dempsey yeah. or something like that. It's all very nice, manicured, put together. Uh, that's right, exactly. But it's a wild place out here, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, that's one of the reasons, actually. That's a, that's a quite a nice segue. That's one of the reasons why people want to come on it when they come into Singapore. So obviously, I don't know everybody comes into Singapore, but quite often, I'll, if I know people are coming in, either from my office or clients or whatever it is, I'll say, listen, rather than go for that coffee or that lunch, come here. Yeah. And they normally think, he's mad, what's he talking about? And at that time, no thanks. But the reality is most of them come and do it. And they get to see a side of Singapore they would never experience otherwise, because they come to the hotel, they come to the restaurant, and they come to the offices. Yeah. That's it. And they're here for three, four days, whatever it might be, before flying home or to Hong Kong or whatever it might be. But they don't get to see this. And this yeah. really is the real Singapore. You know, this is the jungle. This is what it was all about. And I have to say, I absolutely love it for exactly that reason. Yeah, it's lovely. We're just going up, we're just going up some more steps. So, uh, so um, what I do, I think you know, is during every loop, I take a whole bunch of photographs. And at the end of every loop, I then um, do a Photoshop job on it, make me look good and don't care about anybody else, of course. <laughs> and then I send you around the official photo of that loop. Yep. So I've got a big folder of 276 photos and various other footage and stuff. And at the end of the year, I've already got somebody lined up now to make a little montage stroke documentary type thing. Yeah. Because it's been, again, I don't want to look like an idiot, but I am very proud of it. And it has taken an awful lot of time, effort and steps to do this. And I'd like to remember it because of all the things, the good and positive things that have come from it. So at the end of the year, I'll release it and we'll do a party again at our offices here in Singapore. I may well do it in our offices in London as well, and then try to raise a little bit more money. But everybody who's been on, the, on a loop with me will feature in the video. So this was where I was when I saw the 10, ten wild boar. They were just here. They all just crossed across here and they came mm -hmm. straight into us. And we're here walking, we're at like kilometer eight, apparently, yep. according to the sign through the woods. It's such a nice, it feels so cool in here too because yeah. Singapore is normally so hot. Yes, exactly. And so under the canopy, it really does, it also gets very humid as well because yeah. of the canopy. So it's a mix of both really. No, it's been good. Morning. Hi. Morning. So it's quite a tricky run here because yeah. we do, I'd probably run it, as I said, about 30%, but it's quite tricky because underfoot it's, you know, there's a whole bunch of bricks here that are here and then there's stones and it's pretty rocky. It's reasonably hilly as well. Yeah. So we've talked about kind of your, your reasons, um, the reasons that people are joining you on this. Is there anything, because you said you've, this has all come about organically. Yeah. Knowing what you know now, is there anything you would have changed from the beginning? I think I'd have been a little bit more logistically and technically savvy. Yeah. Because it's been a real labour of love. Yeah. And it has taken up an inordinate amount of downtime, particularly the weekends, doing what I need to do with the, the wildlife and setting up WhatsApp groups. I mean, if you look at my WhatsApp, you know what they look like. Yeah. I send around a number of WhatsApp messages to people to remind them where to come, where to meet and all that sort of stuff. And then send yeah. some 
sort of warm-up photographs of the last few loops so that they can see what it's all about. And there's a nice article that's been written about, about it and stuff. And so I often send that around so people have got a bit of an idea. But it is a bit of a technical, it's a bit of a technical effort, logistical effort. So I perhaps would have been a bit more conscious of that. Quite a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about has really developed over, over time. And that's what's nice, actually. Because it wasn't planned, I didn't have all the speech that I've, we've gone through and I've talked to you about today yeah. right at the beginning. So in a, in a way, morning. Sorry. I may have liked to have had that a bit more sort of clarified in my head beforehand, but also in another way, it's rather nice not to have had it because it's sort of, as confidence has grown in what I'm doing, yeah. I've thought more about it and realised what it's about. So it's a bit of both on that one, I think, really. Yeah. Um, but no, otherwise, it's just been a, a really lovely experience. And... I'm genuinely worried about what will happen next year. I mean, not in a bad way, mm. but what happens when on the 14th of July, of January, sorry, I wake up and I don't have to, I don't have to come out here. It'll be odd, but also liberating as well. But yeah. I've now got to think of something else to do. Well, there's that, that thing about, you know, you, you kind of gear up for this big thing. Like people gear up for their first big marathon. Yes. And it becomes this year long effort and then, they do it, and there's, then there's almost like a letdown after it. Yeah, exactly. It's an anticlimax. Morning. An anticlimax. No, I'll, I'll, I'll have to get something sorted out as well, and, and I will do. There'll be a tail on this. There'll be a sort of yeah. long tail. And, and to be fair, I'm still going to be doing a lot with the charity. I just think they're great. I will, I'm committed to doing yeah, a lot for them going forward from, from here. Mm. And um, I will do that, but... It may be just not quite as sort of high profile or relatively profile as it has been over yeah. the last six months or so. Yeah. You know what I like to believe is that once you start walking, the path reveals itself. Yeah. It's so true. And I, again, I was thinking about that last night, thinking about this. Mm. And I was thinking, what would I say in response to that? But you say, absolutely right. You don't need to necessarily plan everything. Some things do just come naturally. And the, what walking the, the path of life does take you down different routes. And, Sometimes not great ones, sometimes dead ends, and yeah. sometimes incredibly long ones. And it's been, this one has been one of the long ones. And I think that hopefully when we reach the crossroads or T-junction or whatever it is we get to in January, I'll take the next one, right one, to get to the next place. But it is, uh, it's good. It's good. Thank you for listening today. I hope this has been a useful investment of your time. If you feel inspired by this episode, please read it and consider subscribing. I'm keen to know how it's impacted you.